Hey guys, you're listening to episode 50 of the Finish Line Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of faith, generosity, and personal finance. Today we're talking with Brian Hellstrom, Executive Director of Jesus Film Harvest Partners. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Cody, and I'm here with my co-host and brother, Keelan. In this episode, we're talking with Brian Hellstrom, the executive director of Jesus Film Harvest Partners. Jesus Film Harvest Partners collaborates with many ministries, including several we've had on the show before, in order to engage people groups all over the world with the gospel, and they have some pretty creative ways of doing it. Brian's been with Jesus Film Harvest Partners since it began in 1997 and had a lot to share about how the gospel is moving. Stay tuned to hear all he had to share. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you about the Finish Line Sprints. If you've been getting a lot out of this podcast and are looking for a way to take it to the next level, then you should consider starting or joining a Sprint. A Sprint is a guided program for small groups meant to lead you through the overarching biblical themes related to wealth and money, while allowing you to explore the restored freedom and purpose that comes with choosing a financial finish line. The Sprint Guide is completely free and available on our website at finishlinepledge.com slash sprint. Sprints are also completely self-led, so you don't need a trained leader or someone who's been through the program before. All you need are a couple friends to get started. So check it out and get a group together today. With that, let's get to the interview. We're here today with Brian Hellstrom. Brian, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. It's good to be with you, gentlemen. Yeah, so Brian, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to faith, a little bit of your family, and the beginnings of your career? Certainly can. I grew up in the Northwest. I found Jesus at a vacation Bible school out at Alpen Rose Dairy in the Portland, Oregon area. We started attending the Church of the Nazarene, and I've been part of that denomination ever since. I did go to a Nazarene college, and I was supposed to get a business degree and come home and help in my dad's companies. But my sophomore year, God had another idea for me and laid a call on my life to do ministry full-time. I don't have a call to preach. I just have a call to do ministry full-time, whatever that looks like. So I pursued that vein of thought and that education. I ended up in many countries through choirs by working in media at our Nazarene headquarters, and then I attended our seminary. I was ordained as an elder in the Church of the Nazarene and then deployed to Denmark and Sweden as a missionary. Following that, I was recalled back to our headquarters and worked in the areas of media production, volunteer deployment. And then 25 years ago, 1997, started the partnership with Campus Crusade for Christ and the Jesus Film Project. So our partnership with them is one of their early ones as a denomination. Typically, parachurch and denomination don't work together, but they came to us and said, hey, man, if we could just work together the opportunity is 
enormous for the outcome. And so we decided to do that in 1997. They gave us 200 sets of Jesus foam equipment in 200 languages. And it was 16 millimeter equipment, big, big projector, gas can, big generator, big screen, about 200 pounds of equipment. And it took eight people to carry one of those sets. Our responsibility was to raise up teams of local people all around the world. And because we are a denomination, our denomination is in 164 countries. So when my boss and the president of Jesus Film Project got together and started looking at the map, they realized that we were strong where they were weak and we were weak where they were strong. So they gave us the equipment. We raised up teams, about 200 teams that first year, and we started to deploy those teams to go into the next village, across the next border, possibly across the next mountain range. And the ministry parameters were to do evangelism, discipleship, and then church planning. So as a denomination, we are very focused on the end result, which is to plant a local body of Christ in villages where they don't have a witness of Jesus Christ. Our theology is actually to make disciples. So the Wesleyan Arminian theology is to make disciples. And the Great Commission verses that we read and that we model our missiology after, we believe that the imperative part is to make disciples. And then how do we do that? Well, we go. And where do we go? Well, we go to all the nations, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, not just the easy ones. We're now focused on the hard ones. So our denomination is about 120 years old. We're in 164 countries, and we've got about 80 countries and territories and protectorates that we're now focused on as a denomination. We did put a mission statement together, and because we were so successful partnering with the Jesus Film Project, our mission statement reflects that. And so the mission statement is to forge strategic partnerships that increase evangelistic exposures and bring new believers into discipleship. So we discovered that when we worked together, we could do more together than we could separately. And when we work together in the kingdom, that increases the evangelistic exposures. And then as a church denomination, we are very primed to follow up on all those people who make a decision for Christ and lead them into discipleship. That's our mission statement. Our vision statement is a lot like finishing the task or the global church network. It's to give every person an opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ. Every person on the planet. Now, some of us haven't heard the name of Jesus in 2,000 years. And so finishing the task and the Global Church Network, we're partnering with them to figure out, well, where do we need to go next? Where are we strong? Where are they weak? And how can we partner as a denomination to do that? Yeah. And we've had Dan Heitzhusen from Finishing the Task to share a lot of those same kind of sentiments I think the dominant theme that we've been hearing, especially over the last couple of months from some of the interviews that we've had, 
is that the way this is going to get done is through partnership across organization lines, across denomination lines, with everybody working towards one unified goal, which is really how Jesus laid it out in the Great Commission, is, I think, with the intent to bring the whole global church together towards this one goal. And so the work you guys are doing is certainly, you know, right in line with that. You shared a little bit about what it looked like back in those early days, lugging the equipment around and setting up the projectors. I was hoping you could share a little bit about what follow-up looks like then and then how that has evolved over the last few decades as you guys have gained experience and exposure to new people groups. Well, we went from 16 millimeter in 1997 to VHS videotapes. Y'all remember VHS videotapes? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when we transferred, when Jesus Film Project finally gave us the Jesus Film on VHS videotapes, the equipment sets got smaller. And so instead of 200 pounds, it went to about 90 pounds. And we could get all of that on the back of a motorbike, actually, or two bicycles. Then we went from VHS videotapes to DVDs, which made the copying of the Jesus film, every copy was as good as the original because a DVD is a digital copy. And then every copy is also digital. So the VHS is analog, DVDs are digital. And so the quality, when they gave us DVDs, the quality of every Jesus film showing was as bright and as big really good sound as the original. And they also went through a process of redigitizing the original 35 millimeter print. They actually went through and colorized every frame and they redid the soundtrack. So when they went to DVD, it was amazing quality that we were now delivering. Also, the quality of the projectors got better. And so we moved from 16 millimeter to video projectors They got smaller, they got cheaper, and they got lighter in weight. As well, the sound system just rocked. So really good speakers, smaller speakers, really good projectors, smaller projectors. And so now we're working with equipment that Renew Outreach is making available for all of us. Like Campus Crusade uses it, the Nazarenes use it, the Wesleyans use it, Christian Missionary Alliance, Southern Baptist. We all use their stuff. And for a big crowd, the big backpack now is about 57 pounds. And that can reach a crowd of up to a 1,000 people. The smaller backpack is 27 pounds. And that can reach a crowd of about 300 people. Now, the genius part of this whole thing is solar technology. So batteries got better, the lithium batteries got better, the solar panels got better, and that's a result of the space station and the Iraqi war at that time. So solar technology got better because of those two events, global events. And then 27 pounds also includes the screen. So the screen is actually an oval made up of those tent supports that you use in a dome tent when you go camping. So if you take two of those and stick them together, you end up with an oval. And then the screen material is actually NFL jersey material. So white NFL jersey material, it's hard to rip, but you can actually sit on both sides of the screen and watch the Jesus film. So now it's 27 pounds. 
rather than 200 pounds. One person can carry it. It also allows us to get more equipment out there to more places. And we actually got people putting it on airplanes and buying tickets and walking it in, especially to the hardest countries where we work. So the adaptation of the technology that none of us paid for, right? Secular companies created all this really fine technology. And then we all worked together to have Renew Outreach miniaturize it for us. We prototyped it for them. And now they're a blessing to all of us. You also ask about how follow-up has evolved. Well, in the Church of the Nazarene, we divide the world into six regions. Every region includes a country. So all of the countries of the world are in one of our regions. Historically, we have used the Jesus film in 139 countries using 290 of the Jesus film languages. And the Jesus film has actually given us the Jesus film in its classic version, which is about two hours, in its children's version, which is 62 minutes, and then the women's version, which is about 80 minutes. So when we show up to a new place, we actually have three options to show the people. How do we do the follow-up? Well, each one of our regions has countries in it. Each one of our countries in the Church of the Nazarene is divided up into districts. So when a district wants to plant churches, we ask them to register for a team for the next year. And that registration includes them telling us every month where they want to start a church. And then we raise support money to support the expenses of those teams. Those teams go to the place where the district superintendent wants to start a church that month. And then a mother church that's close by sends support people to work with the team. Now, our teams, they go to a different place every month. But then the people from the mother church, the sponsoring church on that district, actually follow up with the people. So our teams stay for a month, work with the sponsoring people. They show all three versions of the Jesus film, if we have them in that language. And then we actually do initial follow-up with those people. The Jesus film teams do that. We use a lot of tools from our partnering organizations. E3 Ministries gave us the Evangicube. They gave us the Evangibal. The Southern Baptist gave us the idea of a Bible story cloth. And so we went with their idea, but we got the pictures from the Wesleyan Publishing House. And we put all that together. That's important because about half the world can't read. But our Bible story clause, we have a New Testament and an Old Testament cloth, actually includes pictures from creation to glorification. So they can see a visual picture of the whole Bible on two cloths that are in front of them. And, you know, usually oral learners are very intelligent people because they memorize quickly. And so when they can see the whole story in front of them and they can see where the Jesus film fits in that story, that's highly impactful for them. So our teams actually follow up with those people. They show up with these new tools. Faith Comes by Hearing gave us the audio Bible. So we're using all the languages that they have created. They gave their languages, once again, to Renew Outreach. And Renew Outreach miniaturized the audio Bibles that we're using. And on the back of the audio Bible is a solar panel. So you don't have to have electricity. You don't have to buy batteries. 
we go into a new area with the Jesus film. Maybe we throw out the soccer ball and the kids come and play. They gather around. Maybe they have never seen a soccer ball. You know, maybe they use a goat bladder or a ball of twine as their soccer ball. And so this really new flashy ball shows up and it just appeals to them and they gather around. They let them play soccer for a while and then they gather them together and they said, have you ever seen a ball with these colors on it? No. Well, do you know what the colors mean? No. Would you like to know? And all the kids are going, yes. And so we lead them through the plan of salvation with the colors that are on the ball. Maybe we use the Evangicube to show them the story. And then we say, hey, tonight in this soccer field right here, we're going to have a movie, a film. Have you ever seen a movie picture? And a lot of them have never seen a moving picture on a screen. And so they're all just excited to come back that night. They bring their friends, they bring their family, they bring their grandparents And you can see them streaming in from the darkness into the light because we actually have new LED lights that light the showing site. We show the film at certain points of the film. We stop it and we help them understand what they're looking at. And then at the end of the film, we lead them to Christ. The next day, we invite all of those who made a decision for Christ that night to come back the next day and we do initial follow-up with them. We do our very best to get the names and the addresses of the people who make a decision that night. But, you know, if you got 5,000 people showing up and 1,000 people except Christ and your team's only five people, you're going to miss some of them. So we do our best to gather that information because, remember, our missiology is to make disciples, not just converts. And then we stay in that place for a full month. We show the film over and over And then our goal is always to plant a baby church. We call it a preaching point. And then those people who are left in that place after the Jesus Film team leaves, they help that church to grow. They put a leader in place. And then we grow it from a baby church called a preaching point to a church-type mission, which is a mission church. We call that a teenage church. And then an organized church, we call that an adult church in a denomination. So uh, very intent in doing the follow-up because our end result is always a body of Christ, whether it's under a tree, under a shelter, in a rented storefront, in a church building, wherever we can gather the people together. So, Brian, I'm curious, do you have multiple teams working simultaneously in different areas, or is it really one team that's strategically going into one area at a time? Well, this year we have the highest number of teams that we've had in 25 years. We actually had 960 teams register. Each one of those teams is working in a different area of the world within one of our Nazarene districts. So they're working under the supervision of a superintendent. And each one of those teams does 10 to 12 churches a year. Every month they do as many showings as they can. So if you put all those numbers together, it's about every 19 minutes we have another showing somewhere in the world, and about every 42 seconds somebody else makes a decision for Christ through those 960 Jesus Film teams. We always like to tell our donor partners, we call them harvest partners, we always like to tell them that for a little less than $3, one more person comes to Christ. So every 42 seconds for $3, somebody comes to Christ. You know, give up 
one of your coffees, you know, one morning <laughs> and you'll help a couple people come to Christ that week. But we're currently working in 57 countries. So we've worked in more countries before. Some of the work was so successful that they don't need us to register teams anymore. So we just left the equipment with them and now they're doing it themselves. But the 57 countries that we're currently having registered teams in, that would be 960 teams. It's really fun to hear you talk about in great detail all this process because we have heard from many of these ministries that you've mentioned. And we just recently had Josh Newell from the Jesus Film Project share all the ins and outs and the history about how the Jesus Film started and how it has grown and how they partner. He shared a lot about partnering with ministries and how 90% of their actual results come from the work of other ministries, just like what you guys are doing. And we've heard from Faith Comes by Hearing, sharing all about their Proclaimer solar-powered audio Bibles and their work in the translation world. And it's so encouraging to hear you talk about how all of these different pieces are integrated into this very comprehensive, well-thought-out plan, not only to reach the unreached, but to you know engage in an ongoing way with them and to connect them into other local bodies and to ultimately form new bodies of Christ. And it's just really encouraging to me to see how all of these different pieces come together and how empowering every one of these ministries, including Jesus from Harvest Partners, is towards all the other partners. Everybody is really, you know, trying to encourage everybody else towards the same goal. You were sharing about the different regions and also something that we've heard before, which is that some of the regions are getting more challenging <laughs> as the number of unreached people groups decreases those people groups that are left are as you would expect more challenging to reach and so maybe you can share a little bit about how you guys strategically decide which regions to go for you started to talk about that a little bit and then you know what it's going to look like for some of these more challenging people groups that have not been reached so far yeah the unengaged unreached people groups especially those who have yet to hear Jesus' name after 2,000 years, are in areas where they're unreached for a lot of reasons. It may be political reasons. It may be that the country is anti-Christian. It may be that they're just so remote that nobody has put the resources together to reach them yet. And so with the Church of the Nazarene, we have this idea that we're supposed to go to every place. And so as we work from our circles of strength and go out, local people are called into ministry. So you might have somebody from West Africa in Togo pushing up into Niger and Mali. And then as we reach people there, those people are called into ministry and local people, you know, African people. And then they have a burden on their heart to reach maybe some countries in the north coast of Africa. So we do it by natural growth. We do it by coming alongside the local people and saying, hey, what is God saying to you? What people group, what village, what border crossing do you want to cross next? And what do you need to do that? And how can we help? A lot of our technology has changed, especially with the pandemic. You know, the pandemic, we thought we were going to lose all our teams, but all it did was grow. And we had to change our thoughts. We had to change our 
techniques. And so they started using an app called WhatsApp, and they cut up the Jesus film into one or two minute segments. And then they started using their social media networks and they started pushing the Jesus film out story by story by story by story. And people that we had never reached before across certain borders, maybe in high rises in cities where they wouldn't come out and watch a film, you know, in the street, you get mowed over by a car in some of these high octane cities. But they started texting the Jesus film into the high rises and people started receiving Christ just story by story. And then they started following up and discipling them the same way through the apps. And with those social media tools, you can actually track the progress of each person who makes a decision for Christ and then be in contact with them as they learn how to become a disciple of Christ. I think some of our partnerships also have helped us go into the unreached places. I didn't mention this partnership before, Christian Motorcyclists Association out of Mena, Arkansas. These are bikers, you know, Christian bikers. Their organization has this mission that they're going to put bikes under local missionaries and pastors all around the world. And so they heard about us and they worked through another organization called Missionary Ventures and CMA, Christian Motorcyclist Association, they raise money. They have what they call Run for the Sun, S-O-N. And they do these bike rides and they raise all this money. And their goal is to give the three ministries that they give money to a million dollars a year. And they're almost there, I think. But the Jesus Film Project is one of those ministries they give money to. And then Missionary Ventures. And Missionary Ventures came to us and they said, hey, we heard that you have all these teams and they're local people. They aren't missionaries from North America. They're actually local people. Could you use our bikes? And we said, well, we've never done that before, but what are you thinking? They said, well, if you receive a bike from us, money from a bike, go into those countries and buy them a bike and then have them report back the usage of the bike. And so we started that about six, seven, eight years ago, and they've now given us $1.4 million for bikes. And so our teams are actually able to go further faster because some bikers in America and I think Canada, you know, they raise this money. Their mission statement is being achieved and our mission statement is being achieved because we're working together at that level. Some of our highest altitude teams that we work with are in the Himalayan mountains. And they heard about the bikes and they said, oh, bikes. You know, they were sending us stories like, yeah, we get in a bus and we ride for two days and we get to the place at about 15,000 foot level. And, you know, 15,000 feet, that's high. The mountains here in America, in continental United States, they're like 14,000 feet. Well, the bus stops at 15 in the Himalayan mountains, and then either they walk in or they take their bikes in. You know, they take them off the bus and they take their bikes up. And they're going from 15,000 feet then up to about 22, 23, 29,000 feet. And it's like you have to adjust the carburetor (laughs) at that (laughs) elevation because the air-gas mixture needs to be adjusted. But they are able to go further faster because 
Christian Motorcyclists Association has given us money to buy them bikes. But they give us these stories and they say, you know, these are some of the most remote people on the planet. They don't have a Christian background. Our teams have to carry in all their water, all their food, the 27-pound backpack. And they say, you know, when we're in the mountains and we have to camp, we have to watch ourselves because we can get eaten by the animals. And so, I mean, this isn't a little thing they're doing. This is like hardcore mountain trekking on bikes. But, you know, there's lions and tigers and bears, oh no, that might come and eat them at night. So they have to be aware of their environment. But they say, you know, these people are worth it. Their souls are eternal. And so we're willing to pay the price and go to this extent to take Jesus to those hard-to-reach places. We're also using some smaller technology that Renew Outreach has developed called Lightstream, and it's actually a portable hotspot. So during the pandemic, they taught us how to use these little light streams. They're about as big as a deck of playing cards or rook cards, whatever you want to put in them on a micro SD chip, you can put it in and then you turn it on and it creates a hotspot about a hundred feet. And then anybody who has their phone on, all of a sudden there's this Wi-Fi hotspot and the hotspot says, Hey, would you like to connect? And they connect. And the next question is, would you like a free movie? And they push yes. And the Jesus film downloads into their phone. Would you like a free book? Yes. And the Bible the written Bible downloads into their phone. Would you like a free audio book? Yes. And the audio Bible downloads into their phone. So picture this. I won't name the country, but one of our guys got COVID and he had a light stream with him and he was required to go to the government hospital. It's a Hindu nation, anti-Christian. So required to go to the government hospital to get treated, but he took his light stream hotspot with him and he turned it on. And this is a ward, 200 people in the ward, full of people dying of COVID. Like, how close are they to eternity, right? And in the Hindu religion, it's like, well, I hope I come back as a prince and not a frog when I'm reincarnated. Well, all of a sudden, he turns on this possibility for these people to connect to a Wi-Fi hotspot and download a movie. And it happens to be Jesus speaking Hindi. And these people who are really close to eternity start coming to Christ in this Hindu COVID ward. Now, our guy actually got better and he was ready to leave. And the administrators in the office said, you know what? We think your hotspot may be contaminated. So you need to leave that when you go. Okay, so what just <laughs> happened? <laughs> they saw the change that Jesus brought into that COVID ward. Hope eternal life, to people facing eternity of darkness, all of a sudden Jesus shows up and the administrators made him leave his hotspot so that it could continue to be downloaded into their phones. Another story we got was some guys in another country, they would get on buses and trains, and this is an anti-Christian country too, and they would turn on the hotspot and they would put it in their backpack and then got on the buses and the trains and ride them from end to end. And you don't have internet in that country on buses and trains, but all of a sudden there's a hotspot. And so once again, these people from a non-Christian background are downloading the Jesus film, the written Bible, and the audio Bible. 
So just those three things right there, if I could highlight partnership to you. The Jesus film comes from Campus Crusade Jesus Film Project. The written Bible comes from Wycliffe and the Seed Company and all those people who are really focused on that ministry. And then the audio Bible has to wait for those guys to do their job so they can go and record it. Faith Comes by Hearing records it. And then Renew Outreach takes all of that stuff and puts it in these little boxes for us. We, the Nazarenes, a denomination, are buying those hotspots, and we take everybody else's best stuff out there, and we win people to Christ, and we invite them to church, and we help them become a part of the body of Christ. So I think that's what you're asking for when, how are we getting to the uttermost parts? Well, Some of the uttermost parts are just remote. Some of them are hardcore. Like, man, it's going to be hard to do church here just because of the environment, political, social, religious. And so when we start those churches, we're actually starting virtual churches in some of those hardcore countries, right? We learn that Zoom can gather people together. And God isn't quarantined, so we're using everything we learned in the pandemic to capitalize on the end result of what we do as a denomination. And so now we're actually starting virtual churches. We thought church had to have a building. Every church has to have a building, right? You got to have a meeting place. Well, now it's a Zoom room, and we're able to go into countries that we were hesitant to go in before. But because of the technology and because of all of those partnerships working so close together and complementing each other, everybody's best stuff is helping us to go into places we never thought we'd get to this quickly. Yeah, Brian, that's a really cool example of how God can use challenges and all kinds of curveballs to reach people that may not have been reached if the circumstances weren't presented the way that they were It sounds like you use an awful lot of technology and there's a lot of partnerships involved, like you mentioned, but the numbers that you were talking about earlier, under a minute and under $3 for someone to hear the gospel and be introduced to Jesus Christ and even indicate a decision to follow him, those are hard to wrap your head around. And I'm curious how it's even possible to do that. Well, because we're a denomination, a lot of the infrastructure for us was already in place. And A lot of that infrastructure is already funded by the denomination. So when we add the Jesus film to regions who are in countries, who are in districts, who are in local churches, when we add the Jesus film to that, all of that is already paid for. So we don't have to raise money for the infrastructure of discipleship and follow-up. We don't have to raise money for overseers that we call district superintendents or regional directors. All of that has already been paid for. As well, we don't have to create any of these tools. I mean, Campus Crusade Jesus Film Project has given us millions of dollars of Jesus Film, and we didn't have to create any of that. But we're really good at taking everybody's best products putting them together in a backpack, and then efficiently going to the next place who needs Jesus. Our efficiency ratios are 91% of a dollar 
actually gets out there to the ministry, we only spend about 9% on admin and development. So because we have an infrastructure that we work with that we don't have to pay for, because we work with partners who are giving us their best product, we're actually able to be more effective and efficient. And then we're able to give them back stories, statistics, pictures of the result of the tools they give us and its usage. So when they go to their donors, they actually have results, disciples, churches, new places entered. And so our efficiency of ministry only works because we partner not only with our denomination, but with other kingdom ministries. Yeah, and I know ROI Ministry has listed you guys as one of their top 10 highest impact per dollar gospel ministries, along with the Jesus Film Project. And I think that's a theme that we have seen among many of the ministries that ROI Ministry has listed on that list, is that collaborative nature. Faith Comes by Hearing is on that list too. You know, as you collaborate and share resources then that impact is hyper magnified and it just makes a lot of sense. And it is encouraging to see how that is really accelerating. It really seems like in the last decade or two, that has really started to amplify. And we're talking about financial partners earlier. I'm I'm wondering if you have any stories of how financial partners have come beside you guys and how you have seen God work through some of the people who aren't on the field, but back at home and how they are coming beside the work that you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Well, let me share first. In 25 years, our denomination has doubled twice because we added Jesus film to what we were already doing. So our denomination did preaching, teaching, and healing as the three core ministries of our denomination. So evangelism, Discipleship and Education, and Compassion Ministries. When we partnered with the Jesus Film, we discovered that we had lay people in our denomination who were already partnering with Campus Crusade, one of their other ministries called Jesus Video America. And back in the 90s, their mission statement was to hang a VHS tape of the Jesus film on every doorknob in America. They cut it up by counties. They got churches together and they said, hey, your church takes those roads. Yours takes that city. Yours takes these country roads. Let's go around and hang a bag on every doorknob by county, by county, by county. And so some of our Nazarene, some of our biggest lay people, donors of the Jesus film America, actually heard of Paul Eshelman, who was Jesus Film International. So our lay people who pioneered this ministry called Jesus Film Harvest Partners were actually working with crew in the beginning days. They brought that idea to us. We figured out how to put it into our international ministry. And then those pioneered donors actually became our first board of directors. And you'll know that pioneer donors who start ministries, you know, they're willing to bleed and die for this new baby that they've started. And they're very generous people. So they're generous with their time, their influence, their money, and their expertise. So T-I-M-E, T-I-M-E, time. So their time, their influence, their money, and their expertise. 
many of them had money, but many of them brought more to our situation with their time, influence, and expertise than they did with their money. So these donors or these partners that we have giving funding to the ministry, they're from all walks of life. Betty Jo, an 82-year-old woman that I came in contact with, cleans buildings on one of our college campuses. And she started sending us checks for $4 a month. And I went down and I met her and I said, how do you survive on your social security payment and your cleaning income from that building over there? And she said, well, I'm very frugal, but I give some money for here. I give some money for these people and I send you a check for $4 a month. That was about 13 years ago and she has never missed a month. And she is now responsible for over 600 people coming to Christ because this widow gives us from her income. I asked her when I was there talking with her, I said, how much money do you have in your checking account at the end of the month? She said, well, about $13. And I said, okay, I'm going to write a story about you. Can I call it the widow's mite? And she said, oh, no, that widow gave her last pennies. I still have $13 a month. And so we have people like that who routinely give us money. We have a program called the Harvest 120 program, which means if they donate a dollar a day or $30 a month at the end of the year, 120 people will have found Jesus. So $30 a month, Harvest 120 sponsorship, 120 people will come to Christ at the end of the year. And then we've also had people with large resources come to us and say, hey, I'm a farmer. I'm going to give those 20 acres to Jesus Film. And whatever crop comes off those 20 acres, you get it every year. We have had doctors come and say, every 10th operation, I'm sending it to Jesus Film. So whatever they make in the surgery room, every 10th operation, they send it into Jesus Film. We've had salespeople say the same thing. Every 10th sale, I'm going to send it in. They don't know who their 10th sale is. They don't know who their 10th operation is. We're hoping for like a heart transplant or something, right? (laughs) Every, Every 10th operation. But people are just coming up and they're saying, this is what God's put in my hand. Just like Moses. This is who I am. This is what I have to offer. I believe in the ministry. And so whatever God has put in my hand, I'm going to donate that. And what I see mostly from these people is generosity to them means they live for other people more than they live for themselves. So they're not about the toys, the houses, the lands. They believe that everything they have is from God, and they believe they need to steward what they have for God's glory. And so their attitude is, whatever's in my hand, I'm going to use it to live for others. And they're looking for ministries like ours or the ROI Top 10 ministries. And when they find a ministry they can believe in who gives them good reports back, then I think that engages them and they stay with us for many, many years. I also think that foundations and family trusts And some people with larger amounts of money 
are looking for good places to invest their money, and they've seen their investments grow. We actually work through the Church of the Nazarene Foundation, so if people have a motorhome they want to get rid of or a second house, a boat, cars, coin collections, we actually have them work through the Church of the Nazarene Foundation, and they help them turn those properties into a tax deduction because it's a donation, and then they pass the results of that on to us. Appreciated stock, appreciated properties are also things that come to us through the Church of the Nazarene Foundation. Most people have more of their wealth in what they own rather than in cash. And so when we make an opportunity for a lot of these people with bigger pieces of wealth to actually liquidate some of their wealth and they don't have to worry about the tax ramifications of that, that's helpful for them to give bigger chunks of money. And so we've worked with all kinds of people like that. Other ministries actually raise money for us, like Christian Motorcyclists Association. One year, Jesus Film Project actually raised money for more backpacks for us. Like 20 years after they gave us those 200 sets of equipment, uh, they're now (laughs) raising money for backpacks for us. So we have seen people from all walks of life just realize, hey, I need to be a really good steward. I'm going to be accountable to God one day for what he has put in my hand. And if I steward it well, I'm going to put a smile on my father's face, that father in heaven. Yeah. So, Brian, you've seen over the history of Jesus Film Harvest Partners so much evolution and adaptation and incredible results. And that must be incredibly rewarding for you especially in your role. I'm curious to hear what you see coming down the line and what gets you excited when you look forward. Well, we've already referred to much of it, but new technology, we're leaning into whatever new technology we can get and then have it drop shipped into some of the most difficult countries so that our local people can use it. We realize that when we go to the last 80 countries that are hard to get to for our denomination, The screen size has to get smaller. So we're using tablets and we're using phones. We tend not to use Apple products because it doesn't have a slot for a micro SD chip. And so we use Android phones or like an LG tablet. So then we carry in the media on little micro SD chips and we might hide it in different places to get it into those countries If the border guards ask us to see what's on our devices, we show them something benign and not threatening. And then when we get into those countries, the little chip goes into the slot and we have gatherings of people. We can actually take those chips in and then inside the countries we can duplicate and distribute. So think of 64 gigabyte chips. You can actually put a whole library of written books on a chip like that. You can put worship songs in that language. You can put the Bible, the audio Bible, the Jesus film. Think about countries like Guatemala. Their trade language is Spanish, but you got the Pokemchi people, you got the Kekchi people. Those are two dialects. So on a chip, we can actually put all of the languages of all of the Jesus film, Bible, and audio Bible on that little chip. And it's just a lot easier to get in 
So smaller screens are what we're focusing on now. Uh, we're looking at how to get large numbers of tablets. And my word, they are hard to get right now. The supply is low because of everything that's happening in the world. We also look at reaching those new segments of societies that we typically haven't reached with the big screen. So the people who live vertically in some of the densest cities in the world, think Hong Kong, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, you know, these countries where typically we wouldn't think first of going, I think we are revising our strategies to go to those people. And then Campus Crusade works with finishing the task in the global church network. And those people are very focused on getting the next Bible, the next translation, the next audio Bible, the next Jesus film. And when you get to the smaller dialects, there's probably not a written language and there's definitely not a Bible. And so they've actually moved to a new single voice narration for the Jesus film. So somebody with a recording studio shows up and several of the people are there and they're saying, how would you say this in your language? The angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. So you don't have to have that written down, but they get together and they say, well, how would we say that in this language? And then they record them and they time them saying that. So the Jesus film doesn't get longer. There's only so many segments of the Jesus film and they're so long. And so they have to work to get the new language into those video clips they record each one of those video clips in the new language, and it's called a single voice narration. They can go faster because they don't have to use a script, and they don't have to wait for Wycliffe or the seed company to get a script in place. But if we can find somebody, typically in an outside city, who knows that mother tongue, then we can take them back in and do the recording and the Jesus Film Project of Crew, they are launching teams to do that right now. I think they're very focused on the next 600 languages, and they're raising up recording teams to go into those places and do that. New technology, we are excited about the brighter projectors, and the new technology that Renew Outreach is giving us, they're actually putting the light stream in the projector itself. So think about this. People gather... They're watching Jesus on the screen, but the projector is actually creating a hotspot. So while they're watching Jesus on the screen, we're downloading Jesus into their phones that they can take home. So that's very new technology. They're just going through the prototype stage of those new projectors. But when you go to LED bulbs in the projectors, then it stays cool. Those old metal halide bulbs that cost $300 a piece, you know, those were really hot and they would fry anything you put into the projector. But now with the LED technology, the light is brighter and cooler. So you can put more things in the box. The hotspot technology is actually in the box of the projector. And we're really happy with not just the technology, but the software that they're writing for that technology. Because what the software is going to do is capture the contact information of everybody who downloads the Jesus film into their phone. So we don't have to try to stand there and catch every one of their names before they leave. We just got their information when they downloaded the Jesus film into their phone. 
So it's like, praise God for what everybody's thinking of. And, you know, we don't think of these things. We're reliant on Renew Outreach and, and some of the other people who do this all the time. Finishing the task, the Global Church Network, some of the mapping companies, the Joshua Project, we rely on them to tell us where to go next. So we're really good at going next. They're really good at mapping where people are and where people are not. So because they do that full time, it takes the burden off of us to know where to go next. So we're leaning into not just technology, not just smaller stuff, but actually greater collaboration in the kingdom so that we're more strategic in knowing who is where and who needs to go next to the new place. Well, that is so encouraging to hear. And it sounds like things are moving fast. I mean, I was not aware of much of the technology that you talked about. So I'm very excited to see what the global church body can continue to come up with over the next five or 10 years. I think there's probably many things that we can't even imagine right now that are going to make a radical difference, especially as we get towards some of these very difficult to reach countries and regions. And like you said, people in very urban places where some of the other strategies have been more difficult. As we get to the end of the episode here, I did want to save some time for our manager's minute. You know, we talk about all the time on the podcast about the idea that we are managers of God's wealth. And so we always like to leave our listeners with one practical action that they can do to do just that. And so I'm wondering if you have a quick suggestion for how people can be using any financial margin they have to serve their communities, advance the gospel, and build God's kingdom. In the United States, you know that a lot of people have moved here. So I think we have people from every nation on the planet here in the United States. So I would think that if we manage not just our money, I mean, fast a cup of coffee, send it into jfhp.org, and, you know, two people come to Christ. But also remember about your neighbor down the road who may not speak English as a first language. I was in an Uber and the guy's name was Danny. I knew that because it was tattooed on his arm. And he had an accent. And I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Chaldea. And I'm thinking, I don't know where Chaldea is. And so I opened up the Jesus Film Project app. I found Jesus Film in his language and I started to play it for him. And his eyes got big and he said, that's my mother's language. And I said, well, would you like a film to take home to your mom in her language actually three films to take home to your mom tonight and watch with her. And he said, yes. And so when I got out of that Uber, I was helping him download the app into his phone and he took it home that night. Now I didn't get his contact information, but I'm going to leave that to God. What I'm saying is whatever God puts in your hand, if it's a connection with a Hispanic family down the road, it's the Cambodian neighborhood in the next street, if it's resources you have, if it's time, if it's influence, whatever God puts in your hand, ask him how he wants you to use that and then do what he asks. So the manager minute would be ask God what he wants you to do, do what he asks, meet real needs and lead people to Christ and do it together. And then God gets the glory. Well, I couldn't have said that better myself. Brian, before we get to the end here, how can people learn more about Jesus Film Harvest Partners? Where can they find more and get involved? People can go to our website, 
It's jfhp.org. It stands for Jesus Film Harvest Partners. So jfhp.org. There are some buttons there. They can actually go on and watch videos of the ministry in action all around the world. They can read stories from all these countries that the teams send in stories from. And then if they'd like to engage with the ministry financially, there are some projects, some equipment. All the equipment that I spoke of, they can invest in that. They can support a team. They can help us buy a backpack for the next team. But on our website is all the connection they need to get involved if they'd like to. Awesome. And I encourage everybody to check out the website and to continue to learn more. Brian, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and all your experience and what God has shown you through your work with Jesus Film Harvest Partners and for the continued work that you do every day. We're just very blessed to have you with us here tonight. You're welcome. It's good to be with you, gentlemen. Thanks for what you're doing. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show, guys. If you have questions about setting a financial finish line, the finish line movement, or anything else you heard in the show today, we'd love to hear from you. And now a quick question for you. Do you know anyone who's living a life filled with generosity, purpose, and mission? If so, we'd love to talk to them. They don't need to have a financial finish line, and they don't have to have all the answers. Just a heart to steward God's wealth to the best of their ability. If you know someone like that, we'd be honored if you could connect us. You can reach us on Instagram at finishlinepledge, through our website at finishlinepledge.com, or by email at hello at finishlinepledge.com. And finally, if you want to find any of our references or links from today's show, you can always find them in our show notes at finishlinepledge.com slash episode 50. That's all we have for today. We'll see you next time.